0: Hello, I'm Lisa Murray, the City Historian at the City of Sydney Council, and you're listening to Letters of Complaint, a podcast based on our popular History Week event. Join me as we unearth the best, worst and most bizarre letters of complaint from the 19th century. Sourced from the City of Sydney archives, you'll hear neighbours complaining about all aspects of life. This is episode one. Cesspits and Smells
1: The city of Sydney of 1842 was little more than an unruly village of dusty, poorly lit lanes and unhygienic dwellings. There was no water or sanitation system. Cattle were routinely driven through the streets. The Corporation Act defined the boundaries which took in present-day Woolloomooloo, Surrey Hills, Chippendale and Piemont. By the early 1870s, Sydney's urban population was more than 109,000 people, many of them crowded into unventilated housing, with little or no drainage. Under the new Corporation Act of 1879, council gained control over insanitary and unsafe buildings, but it had to share this power with a government-appointed City of Sydney Improvement Board. The nuisance inspector oversaw a range of regulations from markets to kite-flying to -to house-to-house inspections. The inspector of nuisances was responsible for keeping the city clean, sanitary and safe. This included inspection and condemnation of food offered for sale in the markets and on the streets, inspection of dangerous buildings, nuisances and hoardings, prosecution of breaches of the bylaws and keeping thoroughfares free from obstruction. He also supervised the carters who removed rubbish. The inspector of nuisances was also responsible for sniffing out bad smells, like those emanating from swamps and marshlands, and at one point he was even able to sniff out a dead horse. I beg, leave very respectfully, to make a complaint. I wish to draw your attention to a great nuisance caused by a cow yard right situated to ask next door. If you don't do
2: anything to cure the intolerable nuisance caused by vehicles...
3: We, the undersigned
1: residents and property owners of premises in the vicinity of pq sheepskin request store, request that there P-Mont. be some
3: alterations made in the present omnibus bylaws to put an
2: end to the racing... I which take
3: is the liberty of addressing on, these few please. lines
2: in bringing to your notice a very, very I great I beg you'll excuse my encroaching scene. on your
1: very valuable time. I am
2: exceedingly sorry for troubling you again. I
1: respectfully request request that the council will please take measurements to remove this crying nuisance. We
2: have to call your attention to the very dangerous practice adopted by several residents of Wynyard Lane. As a direct of tax tax care care. I should
1: take it as growth. esteemed favour. Up
2: to the present time, no notice appears to have been we taken of my complaint. We humbly complaints. pray that you will
1: cause to be taken at once such steps as will remove the said Hoping nuisance. Hoping you will
2: oblige me kindly by seeing that this is looked into. Is it just me, or are we getting more letters than usual? There does seem to be an increase in paperwork.
1: A build-up of business.
2: A clutter of
1: communique. (laughs) A backlog of bureaucracy.
2: A cavalcade
1: of correspondence. A lot of letters.
2: Well,
3: we won't get through it banging on like that. Gentlemen, to work. Yes, Inspector.
2: Oh, I've got a good one, but I am going to need an accent. Please. Gentlemen, I have the misfortune to have a very dirty and disagreeable next-door neighbour who has been in the habit since January last of giving me the contents of a cesspool belonging to a water closet in addition to all the washings of his house and his chamber utensil, his chamber pot, the latter very well often filled with human excrescence, all which he allows to flow into my garden in spite of any remonstrance on my part. I called upon Mr Seymour, the inspector of nuisances. Indeed,
3: about six weeks since my attention was directed to the premises of Mr Mullins, on inspection I discovered an open drain perfectly dry leading through the property with no trace of night soil or any other offensive matter. Mr Carruthers complained that night soil had been permitted to flow through it, and I informed him that if he could furnish me with the date, I would prosecute Mr Mullins at the police office. But, as it then stood, I could do nothing in the matter. I said to Mr Mullins at the time that in order to avoid any dispute with Mr Carruthers, he had better
2: lay down a drain for himself to convey away the filth. Mullen's promise to do it, but has not taken any steps in the matter, although it is upwards of a fortnight since Seymour gave him the order. Upwards of a fortnight? How utterly unconscionable. Well, show some pity, George. I mean, how many chamber pots would you fill in a fortnight?
1: Must be doing wonders for the garden.
2: (laughs) I now lay this case before you, thinking that Seymour is wrong in his judgement, as I think you have full power to punish any citizen for committing such a nuisance upon his neighbour. This is causing quite a stink. Please, go on. Tell me more about how I ought best do my job. I had charge of the works in the engineer's department during the time of the commissioners, and I know a case in point here. They compelled the notorious Kitty Wright to put a stop to nuisance of much less magnitude than the one I complain of... Waiting your advice on the matter, which no doubt you will disregard as swiftly as you receive it.
0: Cesspits, drainage and smells, well, they were the bread and butter of the inspector of nuisances. Not a day passed in the 19th century when someone wasn't complaining about them. And the 19th century letterbooks in the city archives are absolutely chock-a-block full of letters complaining about overflowing cesspits and neighbourhood disputes about drainage. And what's really interesting as a historian is that reading these letters, we're reminded that Sydney really was a very smelly place in the 1800s. Most of the drains were above ground and open. In dry spells, pools of stagnant water could form in the open drains. And in wet weather, well, the drains overflowed and spreading stormwater and sewerage absolutely everywhere. Now, landlords and owners were required to regularly empty their cesspits but some were more vigilant than others. Many didn't want to pay the cost of having it emptied. If the cesspits were located on lower ground, then they were particularly susceptible to water flows from summer downpours. The Nuisance Act was passed in 1875, and that was really the first real attempt to deal with the problems of controlling cesspits and sewage disposal but until all the streets were properly formed and curbed and gutted and all the houses connected to the sewer in Sydney, the problems were bound to remain. The inspector of nuisances could issue orders for people to fix the drainage on their property, but as we've just heard in some of these letters, these orders were regularly ignored. Unless there were precise eyewitness evidence of the nuisance, it was very difficult to prosecute the cases. Letters of complaint was produced by Black Cat Productions, Maeve Marsden, Artistic Director, in collaboration with the City of Sydney. Performances by Anna Martin, George Kemp and Jennifer Wong. To read the original full-length letters from the archives, go to the National Library's Trove catalogue, trove.nla.gov.au and search for Letters of Complaint, City of Sydney Archives.